and a good morning to you all on a Wednesday morning. Welcome aboard, everybody. Nice to see you all filling up the chat room with uh, Greg and Eddie Heckman and Laura and Mal Pal and Robert C. Rotorius, uh, Timothy Myhooker, Tommy Johnson, and, uh, and thousands of guests. So it's great to have you aboard. And uh, people filing in nice and early. So we'll see. But uh, uh, by the way, before I continue, let me just say that I did speak to Unholy Toledo yesterday. He sends his regards, and he says he'll be back. Sounds as good. Thank you, Andy, for letting me know. Okay. Close your eyes. Listen to this. Tell me if it means anything to anybody, and somehow I'm not sure if it does. Here we go. You ready? Frazier walks it across the midcourt line with the right-hand dribble. One bounce to Busher in the corner, down low to Reed, who turns from 10 and hits. And that was a classic Marv Albert talking about number 19, Willis Reed, who passed away yesterday. Uh, and I got to tell you, New York with baseball, football, hockey, all the sports are in New York. But the year that the Knicks, the years that the Knicks had a backcourt of Frazier, Monroe, Dick Barnett, Dave DeBusher in the corner, Bill Bradley as the small forward, and Rillis Reed as the center was, and I've talked to other people yesterday about this who also uh, participated in that generation. That was the most exciting time in New York sports. Yes, it was. If you could possibly get a ticket to Madison Square Garden, you would sit there and chant the entire game. Does anybody in the chat room, and you may know this, does anybody in the chat room know what everybody in Madison Square Garden was chanting back in the late 60s and early 70s? Anybody? D.K. Luce, you know they, the whole stadium chanted. They chanted good morning as of Zelmo. There was a chant. The place was rocking. The feet were kicking. The, the, I mean, the fists were just hitting, hitting anything. It was a tremendous, tremendous response to a Nick team. It wasn't rocky. The, the people in the, in the stands would chant defense. Defense, and that went on the whole game. And hard to explain to people, but that's how the Knicks played. They, you had Phil Jackson to Dick Barnett and um, Dave DeBusher, Frazier, and Monroe and Reed and Barnett. That had to be the smartest team in the history of sports, not just basketball. The smartest team ever. They played the game. I mean, think about it. Bradley uh, was going to run for president. The, the Busher was a commissioner. Um, Stallworth. The, all those guys. They all became professionals at coaching or uh, leading teams. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Willis Reed. 
who won two championships during his career with the Knicks, died yesterday at age 80. <laughs> he played 10 seasons, 10 seasons, and uh, from 64 to 74, all with the Knicks. And, uh, of course, his most famous moment came during Game 7, 1970, after he had a thigh injury that sidelined him in the previous game. He was out the previous game. Nobody talked about him playing, and he shocked the Madison Square Garden crowd by walking onto the court during warm-ups. It wasn't at the beginning of warm-ups. So people were unbelievable, Mount Pal, right? Merrill Mitchell, all right? Uh, unbelievable. So uh, that's what it was. Frazier, Monroe, Barnett, Bradley, DeBusher, and, of course, the great Willis Reed. So Reed uh, passed away yesterday. <laughs> and a big loss for the entire sports community, including the Reed family. Okay, on to uh, on to the next things. Just want to let you know that Raul Mondesi will not be on the Red Sox opening day roster. He's working his way back. People have been asking me this, so I wanted to get this out of the way. Uh, he's uh, working his way back. He underwent ACL surgery last May, so Raul Mondesi will not be on the roster to open the season. Okay, and um, King Hap will be on the roster tonight. Don't forget his show at uh, 7.30. Daniel Ferrara is here. Welcome aboard. The WBC, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I got to tell you. So I will. Now, as we all know, I go to sleep at a ridiculous hour, 6 o'clock Eastern time. All right. I didn't want to comment on that. But I awoke last night, as I usually do, this time it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and on Sirius Radio, they were broadcasting the WBC game. Now, I know it started at 7 in Miami, so this must have been, the, I don't know, the deal. But it was 2 o'clock, and it was the 8th inning, right after the 8th inning, and what happened? You know what happened. Now, if you listen to uh, our show on Saturday, Andrea, the, and I put it up on Facebook, I predicted that the game would end with Shohei Otani facing Mike Trout. Go up there. You'll take a look. Go on my on my Facebook feed. It's there. Okay? Uh, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. You know what I'm just curious at? Does anybody know this? I'm throwing this out to the chat room. Uh, does Japan have fantasy baseball? Okay. I, I searched online uh, very simple. Did a simple search. But does anybody know if Japan has uh, fantasy baseball? Can you play fantasy baseball with all the Japanese players? I don't know. Uh, and, of course, the WBC... It started as just a moneymaker. I don't even think Major League Baseball understood what they were doing. But Shohei Otani says, and I quote, I believe this is the best moment in my life. Otani, in the World Baseball Classic, hit 435 
with a 606 on base percentage, four doubles, a home run, and pitching. He had a 186 ERA. He had 11 strikeouts and nine and two thirds. Can you absolutely? And then the last out was Mike Trout. Was not Boston Paul. Some people thought Boston Paul would be the last out. He may be the last one ever in the chat room, but we'll see. Marilyn Mitchell are here. Good morning. Tommy Johnston, Robert C., Eddie Heckman, Mal Pal. Wow. But how about Otani? Now, until yesterday, he never recorded a save. He never finished a game in either Japan or the or MLB. But he did so Tuesday night, striking out Mike. Tr that was arguably now. All right, let me ask you this question to the chat room. <laughs> Can the chat room tell me? Okay. By the way, it was also the first time that the WBC championship was decided by a single run. Could anybody tell me? I don't care. World Series, baseball, All Star game. Was there ever more of a dramatic at bat? With or without Stardog, all right? With or without Stardog. So the question is, can anybody think of a more dramatic at-bat in Major League Baseball? More dramatic than Mike Trout against Shohei Otani. It could be the greatest at-bat of all time. Think about it. The greatest at-bat in all of Major League Baseball may have occurred last night. Okay? Ninth inning, one-run game. Wow. Japan with the second-ever undefeated WBC run, joining only in 2013 the Dominican Republic was undefeated. Let's see. Gibson against, uh, who's he against? Eck? Jordan Carter. Who's Eck? Uh, a good one. J.R. Matz has one. I mean, who's Eck, uh, Malpal? But Babe Ruth calling the home run shot. I'll give you a lot of credit, J.R. Matz, for coming up with that one. And I'm going to put a little poll up on Twitter to find out if anybody... I mean, could you believe it? The Babe Ruth home run shot... How do, who do you like? Do you like Babe Ruth or do you like uh, Shohei Otani? Okay. Oh, all right, the Gibson homer off of Eckersley. But uh, I'll tell you, that's great. Uh, that's great. J.R. Matz, I love you, man. We hope to see J.R. Matz coming home from our trip in Chicago. But we'll see. There's a lot that has to be done. Darvish was the Japan's final pitcher when they won the 2009 WBC, and last night he entered in the eighth inning with Shohei Otani wearing out the pass between left field bullpen and the dugout. How, how, and I hope you took note. I hope Major League Baseball took notice. Now, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm wondering if the Japanese team played baseball without studying analytics, launch angle, war, and any other BS that baseball has thrown into the picture. To me, they played baseball like they played it in the 70s, and, the, and they did the small things. Come on. Maybe baseball will learn.
play the game. Right, Antonio, the promise, play the game. The question that we asked, was there a more... Um, was there any was there any at bat that was greater than the Trout Otani at bat? J.R. Matz uh, said the most dramatic at bat was Babe Ruth pointing and saying, "I'm going to hit a home run," and did it. How about that? So, anybody else have anything? Okay, stupid, yeah, stupid stats, war, door, whore, that a boy. There you go, four. King Happ is at his best right now. You don't want to miss him tonight. And Mark DeRosa said he was shocked that their powerful lineup was limited to two runs. And I think so. Now, here's the all-star team for the World Baseball Classic. The catcher was Salvatore Perez from Venezuela. Okay? The... uh, First baseman was Wei Chang from Chinese Tape. The second baseman from Puerto Rico was Javier Baez. Pay attention now. Javier Baez made the all-star team from Puerto Rico. The shortstop, no question, Trey Turner. The third baseman was Joan Moncada from Cuba. So you got Baez and Moncada. Two players, very similar, were afraid to draft them. And they're probably going a little less than they should in fantasy baseball. Right, Kenny Flamia? A little less than they should. Dennis Timko is here. Good morning, Dennis. So we're really rocking and rolling. Nice to see everybody in the chat room. So you got uh, Perez, Chang, Baez, Moncada, Turner, three outfielders, Mike Trout, Randy Rosarina from Mexico, and Masataka Yoshida from Japan. No surprise there. You got to make Otani, the DH, and the starting pitchers. Well, the pitchers have to be Shohei Otani, Miguel Romero from Cuba, and Patrick Sandoval from Mexico. So, the players to watch for fantasy baseball, Patrick Sandoval, Yoan Moncada and Javier Baez. No question about it. It's great. We'll remember this WBC, but uh, I'll tell you something. We'll remember it. Uh, Eddie Heckman asked the question, will it be a dominant year for DeGrom? I would say not a dominant year. Doesn't mean it won't be a good year. Should it be drafted before the 31st? It's not about the pick. You have to analyze and see the picks that were made. Japan 3, United States 2. Samurai Japan is the champion. We'll remember plenty of this. We'll remember that Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, the slider that Trout swung through it for strike three. Munataka Murakami, who hit 56 home runs last year, had the walk-off hit in the ninth to send Japan to the finals, is going to be an absolute star. Everybody I talked to is going to be an absolute star in Major League Baseball. He just hit a monster home run off of Merrill Kelly into the upper deck. Okay? So, uh, look, things happen every day, but the data shows that 
things may be adjusting as far as the violations with the new rules. Violations per game the first week of spring training, 2.03. The second week, 1.49. The third week, 1.14. And the fourth week through Sunday, 1.03. And that's a similar pattern to, to what's going on in the minor leagues. It's stabilized after about three weeks, okay? So things are moving along in baseball, and now no more WBC, but we still are rocking it. Look at this chat room. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to being Chris Gallo. Good morning, Chris Gallo. Woo! Uh-huh. Taco took Texas, took what? Texas over 82.5. You think Texas over or under 82.5? Uh, probably over. I'll say over. 82.5. Good pick by Taco. All right, Luis Severino. Somebody who we've been watching. One of the pitchers that's been drafted fairly high. Now let's get to the nitty and the gritty. Okay. Uh Okay, so uh, Severino struck out the side. He's had a terrible string, terrible string, struck out the side in the first inning. He struck out nine overall, and the Yankees struck out 18 in yesterday's game. It's still spring training. The regular season over is next week, and DJ LeMayu, boy, is he having a great spring. Paris singles in the 5-3 loss to the Orioles. He is 10 for 25 in nine Grapefruit League games, okay? Now, Oswaldo Cabrera played left field, and he misplayed a fifth-inning fly ball from Kyle Stowers into an RBI double, okay? He took a poor route. The ball sailed over his head, okay? So, uh, we'll see. Aaron Hicks in center field stole the hit from Stowers in the fourth inning. Without Harrison Bader, Aaron Hicks will be an option in center field. And a healthy LeMayu, that's important to the Yankees, will carry on the expectations to lead the team's offense. D.J. LeMayu, he's not a home run hitter. He does nothing special. He's steady. Is he good for your fantasy team? He's not a good fantasy player. D.J. LeMayu may be the best baseball player that's not a good fantasy player. One of, he's one of the most versatile players. Got a career batting average of around 300. He's a reliable defender. He had a strong two seasons with the Yankees. Then uh, he had persistent injuries. And his absence was profoundly felt at the plate during the ALCS against the Astros. But he has total health this season. So he looks to regain his form. And uh, he has total health this season. So LeMayu is somebody that, uh, <laughs> well, if you go the extra dollar for LeMayu, hopefully you will get steadiness. LeMayu decided to abort surgery to address the foot injury that prematurely ended in 2022. Uh, he kept rehabbing, and he went for natural treatment. It cost him the 222 postseason. I say forget it with D.J. LeMayu. 
I'm saying DJ LeMayu, who has experienced no discomfort, but still, it's good news. But he's not that important to spend the money that it'll take to get him in on your fantasy team. Okay? Juan Soto is getting an MRI, but the Padres still believe his... his uh, Oblique strain is mild. Now, Austin Nola has a fracture in the nose, but expectation is he'll get on the field for some late workout. Opening day is a possibility. Julio Urias will start for the Dodgers on opening day, and Clayton Kershaw will be in game number two. Okay, so those of you who were planning on using... uh, Kershaw opening day. Woo! Sumo wrestling. There you go. Hun Chin Ru, now nine months out from his Tommy John surgery, is throwing 90. Hun Chin Ru can be drafted in reserve. Okay. He's throwing off flat ground, but now could progress to the mound by mid-April. The timeline aligns with a goal that Hun Chin Ru stated back in December. Uh... He's going to pitch this year. He turns 36, entering the final season of his four-year deal, finishing third in the Cy Young during the shortened two, uh, 2020 campaign. He's hoping for rebounds, okay? So, Hun Shin Ru on Toronto with Berrios and Kikuchi, Manoa, Galsman, and Chris Bassett, and also Ricky Tideman is looming as an option. So remember, Hunchin Roo's going to be out there, and just be careful. Scotty Banzett is here. Good morning to Scotty Banzett. All right, Hunchin Roo, ready to go sometime after the All-Star game. Now, the Yankees, a player that we don't know what to do with, Josh Donaldson, all right? Now, here's something I know Taco has bet on the Texas Rangers. And here's what I got with that. Josh Donaldson, that the Yankees are considering the idea of trading. They would love to trade Donaldson. And it's now been reported that the Texas Rangers have him on their radar. The Rangers are looking for an upgrade at third base. The Rangers are looking to win. That's why I agree with Taco that the Rangers are a good over bet on games one. The Rangers looking for an upgrade at third base. Donaldson has the potential to provide him with just that, although Josh Jung is viewed as a top prospect, but Texas wants to win now. We don't know if Jung is ready for full-time work. So look out. Donaldson's coming off a rough 2022 he had just 15 homers. He had a 220-something batting average. How about that? He could be a very effective power hitter while performing at his best. Could be a gamble worth taking for Texas. Uh, we'll need to wait and see. But that deal is being talked about. Now, for those of you who uh, were talking about this yesterday, just let me put a clarification on uh, Jimenez uh, from the White Sox. 
Jimenez's day-to-day. He came out of the game Monday against um, Eloy. We're talking Eloy. Came out of the game against Arizona, but you can breathe a sigh of relief that it's not something more serious. After further examination, Eloy figures to rest for a few days, so you may not see him in the lineup. Triple play is here. Good morning. You may not see him in the lineup. But it doesn't sound like a long-term concern. Now let's do our annual Byron Buxton discussion. And good morning to Dad's the Premier. Boy, this chat room is, is rocking and rolling. Thank you, everybody. Donaldson is a Corvair. Now, I'll tell you what. My first car was a Chevy Corvair. That's the first car I ever had. I got into an accident on the first night that I drove, but that's a story for another podcast. All right, I'd rather talk about Byron Buxton. Uh, Byron Buxton, when you look in the box scores, you will see he will be primarily a designated hitter early in the season. He's doing great health-wise. And Minnesota wants to use him as a DH early in the year. And why? They don't want to keep they want to keep him healthy for the entire year. Wouldn't that be an upset? That would be crazy, Malpal, right? Who says Buxton's gonna play the whole year? Anybody? Does anybody think Byron Buxton is gonna give you 115 games? 150 games. 150. 145, 150, come on. So, Rocco Bedelli, the manager, did not specify how long he'd be the DH beyond saying that the club planned to move slowly to build him up to play center field. So, that really doesn't cut into Buxton's value, all right? But it's just uh, it's just trying to keep him healthy. It's an understandable plan for the Twins to go into the season with this kind of attitude. He's only played 100 games once in his career, and that was in 2017. Come on. All right, Malpal has got a good one. Who plays more, Nick Senzel or Byron Buxton? Okay. All right. King Hap says Buxton goes 50 games max. Ball dinky. Come on, man. He's played 307 games since 2017, but, I mean, he got a right hip strain in August. He played through knee issues. Uh, He underwent orthoscopic surgery on his knee. So, but it's a defensive drop-off that comes from using Buxton as a DH. But I think, but they did pick up Michael Taylor, who the Twins acquired from the Royals. So they're trying to keep, they still got Joey Gallo and Max Kepler. They're really trying to keep Byron Buxton safe. So, corner infielders, Alex Kirilov, Jose Miranda can rotate. They can also, Nick Gordon can play a little outfield. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Okay. Let's go through just one thing. The Padres from San Diego. 
Now, this is in honor of Alpal. They have had high expectations heading into the season. A lot of the people think the Padres are a good bet in the National League West. Okay? A lot of people think that, including Chris Gallup. Right, Chris Gallup? Do you think that? The Padres are going to be tough. Now, Padres are going to be tough. Don't forget, we are going to Chicago and then hope to see somebody. If you can be there, White Sack Al, Zelmo, get in touch with me, and we'll see what happens. San Diego, high expectations. They made some moves to upgrade their roster over the winter. They're going to get Fernando Tatis back. And with all the hype they've created in the offseason, they made now this is crazy and this is just listen to this. He pitched yesterday. But Hugh Darvish isn't sure he'll be ready for opening day. Wow. Wow. And this is why they can't play the WBC. I mean the WBC. It was created to make some money. They made more money than they ever expected, and now they're blowing it up to be the biggest event in history. But they can't play it in March. they got to play it in November. And here's Hugh Darvish says he isn't sure he'll be ready for opening day, even though he pitched yesterday in a very important game. He doesn't believe he's built himself up enough while competing in the WBC. Wow. Think about that for a second. Okay? Think about that for a second. Is it 2023? I forgot. Thank you, King Hap. <laughs> Come to, yeah, maybe we'll get to Rhode Island. I don't know. Anyway, you uh, Darvish is not sure. He'll be ready. Now, he says he's keeping in touch with the Padres, but he's unsure. Well, nice to keep in touch with the Padres. What does he make, it? $80, $80 million a game? Uh, but he's not sure if he'll be fully built up for opening day. He's been in contact with everybody. The last thing any team wants to do is roll a pitcher on the mound, especially an important one, when he's not ready. But how could you not be ready? If the, because you're not ready and nobody knows until this year how to build up for the most important games of your life in March. Come on, everybody. You can't do it this way. They're messing with baseball, with the rules, with the time frame, with the whole thing. It's just not right. Now, They'd rather have him miss time at the start of the season than lose him to an injury. I get that. But you don't have to have either one of those as a concern. Pitch him in November in the WBC. After the season. Let him complain to the WBC that he's just too tired. Okay. Now. It's not the only injury the pitching staff is dealing with. Joe Musgrove still battling a foot injury. Uh, it's likely then Blake Snell will get the ball on opening day 
And San Diego is not <laughs> the fans, right, Mel Pal? Not thrilled that he's likely out for opening day. He's the team ace. The rotation to start the season, he says, is cooked. Cooked. Crazy. I, I, I have a note for Andrea on a player that she's has been trying to get. I don't know what she's been trying to do, but Red Sox starter Garrett Whitlock. He won't be ready for opening day. May miss just one or two starts at the beginning of the year. Whitlock is progressing well in the late stages of his rehab from his September hip surgery, but is not on track to be ready opening day. Thank you very much, Steve Phillips. Okay. Whitlock underwent orthoscopic surgery on his hip at the end of September. He entered the camp a bit behind the rest of the starters. No setbacks, but his next outing will be a four-inning start Saturday. that will be lined up to throw back-to-back five-inning outings, and that's how it works. The Red Sox will enter the season with three starters. Whitlock, Brian Bellow, James Paxton, all on the injured list. Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Tanner Houck, Nick Pavetta are locked. Cutter, Crawford, and Josh Winkowski are options to replace Whitlock. They have two, the Red Sox also have two days off in the first nine days of the regular season. So they won't need to employ a fifth starter until the middle of April. Woo! Lots of stuff there, right? Right? Everybody good? Yes, indeed we are. Now. Let's get in touch with uh, some of the box scores from yesterday. You ready? We're not giving up on the box scores, and we'll we'll continue with the Red Sox. And um, uh, Dalbach played third base yesterday. we got to keep an eye on Dalbach. But Adam Duvall is really coming around. He did a good job getting himself for the season, started slowly, but two for three is up to 278 now. And Adam Duvall was not being drafted in a lot of leagues. That's how bad he was at the beginning of spring. It affected his fantasy value, but no more. No more. He hit his fourth home run. And Chris Sale, whoo, five innings, nine hits, six are, oh, it's not a good start. Uh, but he's got a 5-4. He's pitching. We don't care how Chris Sale does. Cole Irvin. 3.1 ERA, five innings. Chris, no, look. What happened yesterday in Sale? If Chris Sale is throwing, all right, five innings, nine hits, six earned runs. Okay, five innings is good. Five innings. That's, That's the important thing with Chris Sale. Okay. Montcastle hit another home run. Rutschman hit a home run from Baltimore. And uh, Montcastle's doing great. Up to 389. The next rising star Ryan Montcastle. I'll look at Jorge Mateo, still at the bottom of the order, but he did get two hits yesterday. He's playing shortstop. Kyle Stowers, uh, okay, he's uh, at the bottom of the order. But I like what I see, not only with Montcastle batting fifth, but with Austin Hayes batting leadoff. Rushman is solid at number two. Austin Hayes batting at 379. And here's the important part. A 438 on base percentage for Austin Hayes. Whoa. 
Tigers and the Yankees uh, played yesterday. Tony Sincata was at the game. Okay, I think they had a doubleheader. Uh, anyway, yeah, he called the uh, just uh, scope that 176. Riley Green up to 317. Come on, everybody, this is what counts. We're wondering what Austin Meadows is doing. He's just floundering, not doing anything. So at least his value is not going up. Um, and for the Yankees, as I said, Donaldson, he's hitting so hot now that he's up to 226. That's how bad he was. And he hit his second home run. Severino, four innings, nine strikeouts in four innings. So for all of you who didn't know what to do with Severino, do it. Do it. Do it. Miami, uh, John Birdie. Forget about Birdie. Forget it. Andy's made such a great... Andy fleeced Steve Phillips. Fleeced him by giving him John Birdie. That's right. Chisholm playing center field. Okay, that's important to know. He's playing center field. We only hope that it doesn't upset his offense. Sometimes when a player changes positions, uh, it kind of, you know, kind of gets at him. Daniel Ferrara, good to see you. The chat room is absolutely loaded. 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 And there's White Sock Al. And as I mentioned uh, before, we'll be in Chicago first week in April. Get in touch with me and let me know if we can get together either uh, Monday or Tuesday early the first week in April, okay? Uh, for the Astros, Pena is still, you know, he's batting 290. He's okay. He doesn't have to show himself. But this kid, Hensley, played left field yesterday. The guy who took, uh, uh, who played second base yesterday was uh, Mauricio Dubon, who has a chance to play some second base. Hensley also can play second. He's batting 267. He can hit the ball. Also, Birdie got caught stealing and stole his third base. And to Malpal, Jesus Lazardo, 4-6 ERA. He's got five innings yesterday, two earned runs. All right? It's very funny how sometimes people get their name attached with a player. Malpal's name is attached to Lazardo. Okay, Brian Hayes batted leadoff for the Pirates. Brian Reynolds still plugging along, batting 143. I wonder if anybody wants him anymore. I wonder if they haven't traded him because nobody wants him. And some some uh, agent trying to make him a market. I like Andrew McCutcheon this year. I like him. Two for three, batting 300. You wonder, you got a young rebuilding team, and then they sign Andrew McCutcheon? I don't know what the exact reason is, but one of them could be, and I'll play with this, that McCutcheon's going to lead this team, okay? Show people how to do it. And based on that, I'll take him on my fantasy team, and he even hit a home run yesterday. Brubaker with five innings and six strikeouts. Uh, on the other, Jake Cave hit his third home run. Now Stott batted first for the Phillies. Alec Bohm batted second. Brandon Marsh. Batted third. We'll see how that holds up. Derek Hall. Okay, but nothing spectacular. We'll get to the lineups a little bit more in depth as the players come back from the WBC. Okay? That is taking a little bit away 
out of the box scores. The Nationals and the Cardinals uh, at Roger Dean Stadium. Love the name. Uh, C.J. Abrams, two for five. He's batting over 300. And Victor Robles, hold your horses, batting second. I love him. I've been screwed up for two years over this guy. Batting second, hitting 303. It's, oh, do I have what it takes to recommend Victor Robles? But take a look at him. Two for four, batting 303, Victor Robles. He could steal you a ton. He had a home run yesterday. But Robles looks like he was supposed to be something. Faded to oblivion and has come back now. Moved up in the order, and I've said for three years, you bat him down in the order, you got nothing. Flaherty, four and two-thirds, nine hits. Just getting ready. Josiah Gray, six innings. He's got an 073 ERA. I'll say that again. I know he's on the Nationals. Josiah Gray, who had a 5 ERA last year and a 1-3 whip. I'll tell you, he's an end game. He is just as hot as any pitcher in baseball. So that's what we play spring training for. Sometimes pitchers and hitters actually get better. Okay? Um... Whoa, Eddie Heckman talking about uh, the Baltimore Orioles once again. Okay, moving right along. Josiah Gray, watch him, okay? And I don't go off at spring training, but when a pitcher has an 073 with a pitching six innings, struck out five, and doing it every game, you just got to pay attention to him. And that means in the reserve round, take a shot. And there are some pitchers having good years, good springs, that I'm not saying that about. Kershaw pitched yesterday. Again, he's going in game number two. Jason Haywood still playing, betting 220. Josh Altman hitting 289. Altman's playing right field. Haywood's playing center field. I don't know. The Dodgers just don't see. The Dodgers just seem to be staying under the cap and, and grabbing Otani next year. Now, if that happens, the Dodgers stay under the salary cap and then spend it all on Otani next year, something's wrong with baseball. That's not how you play the game. Amon Rosario, 0 for 3. All right, nothing, uh, nothing new over here going into the pitching. Tristan McKenzie got an 8 ERA, but I'll say Cleveland's going to pitch him. Four innings, six hits, four in runs. Kershaw pitched good, five innings, four hits, three strikeouts. He's got a five ERA. Remember, Clayton Andrea is going out in just a minute because guess what she's going out for? She's going to do the wash. That's right. She actually, Andrea is one of the few women remaining who puts the wash in a bag and goes down to the river <laughs> by her. Remember, go to the river and clean your clothes. She still does it, okay? <laughs> she goes down the river and clean. That's because there's uh, no washing machine that can handle Andrew's clothes after about two weeks of wearing them. All right? <laughs> I'm full of bull dinky, okay. 
Angels and, and the uh, and the Diamondbacks. Let's see what's going on in Diamondback land. Marte batting first. Nothing really special. Uh, Kyle Lewis. Kyle freaking Lewis is two for two, putting him at 500. He batted 143 last season. Kyle is 6'4", 220 pounds. Are you kidding me? Kyle Lewis. You got to pay attention to Kyle Lewis. You got to. I'm taking him. Hope you do, too. Kyle Lewis. Joey Adele hit his fourth home run, but I'm still not excited. Zach Davis, three and two-thirds. No big deal there. But the big name is Kyle Lewis. Come on, everybody. You know he's good. You're just afraid to take him, but don't be afraid. Angels. Did we do the Angels yet? I think we did. Angels and, uh, and Oakland. Uh, not a lot. Aguilar is hitting 200. L Loriano starting to come on. I told you to take him weeks ago in spite of the fact he hadn't done bull dinky. Two for three, betting 243. Uh, Jared Walsh, one for three. Hunter Renfro, two. There's nothing else spectacular here. Ward hit another home run. So, uh, and of course the Angels without Otani and without Trout because they were playing last night. White Sox and the Brewers. We had a lot to talk about with the Brewers, but we don't have time. Uh, White uh, Benintendi hitting 214 on the spring. Okay. Sebi Savala batting 308 behind the plate for the White Sox. Yeah. Woo! The Brewers. Christian Yelich. One of the predictions being made in Milwaukee is Christian Yelich is going to hit 25 home runs. That's one of the predictions. Or more. Luke Vogt, 0 for 3, 316. Only got a couple of days. Pursue hits his fifth home run. And I got to tell you something. He's a big Mike Pursue, 5'11", 200-pounder. He's a third baseman. He can play some first. He hit 255 last year with six home runs. But I got to tell you, Pay attention to Mike Pursue. Nobody else is. Giolito, four and a third. He is going to be the best pitcher on the White Sox. Six strikeouts. I like Giolito. I like Lance Lynn. Woo! Those are my two, two of my top pitchers in the American League, next to uh, Castillo. I'd love to get a team with Castillo, Giolito, and Lynn as my staff. That's my winning staff in an American League only. Uh, Tampa and Minnesota. Almost done now. Bucks and batting lead off. DH, we told you. Korea, two hits, batting 294. And Joey Gallo is batting 200. When he gets over 100, you got to talk about it, right? You got to talk about it. As far as pitching goes, uh... Sonny Gray, five innings, five strikeouts, got a 2-7. Yeah, he could be your number four or your number five pitcher. I think Minnesota's going to have a nice team this year. What is that? The, all right, the Cubs and the Royals have got two more games. Can we make it? James Tyon pitched yesterday. Five innings. He's nine strikeouts. Forget his five ERA. Tyon's a pitcher. You can grab him. The Cubs are going to have the best defensive team in baseball this year, without a doubt. 
You got that? Without a doubt. And even Patrick Wisdom is making it tough. Two for four, 357. Kansas City, Hunter Dozier, 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. All right, make believe I didn't say that. Are you spraying stuff? Unbelievable. All right, and uh, the, the last game. Woo, everybody. The podcasts are just phenomenal, and it's due to the chat room. The Rockies and the Padres. Everybody's still here. Everybody's here. Then, oh, good morning, Teddy. Everybody's here. King App tonight. Don't forget him. Right, Scotty Bansett? A lot easier for Scotty to make the King Hap show. White Sox Al Zelmo, get in touch with me if you think you can meet me in Chicago. First week in April. Sometime. Just to say hello. No big deal. Chris Bryant batting second in 321. Uh, and over on the Padres side, we told you, uh, Cronenworth hitting 432. But he doesn't give you a lot of pop. Cronenworth's okay. Last year, Cronenworth, you know, we think of him as he hit 17 homers last year. He was a second baseman last year. If you can get him at a second base, take him. Cronenworth will be a good one at second base. At first base, or not quite the same player. And then that's about it, everybody. Just going to tell you one more thing. One more thing. Uh, and just hang in there. One more thing. Trent Grisham batting at the bottom of the order. I'm not excited about him. Machado, one for three and 360. Uh, on the pitching side, whoa. Nothing to talk about. So my fellow Americans, or whatever you are, Antonio the Promise and Jack, love you. Big Al on the Prowl, love you. Chris Gallo, mwah. And to your daughter and to your wife, to everybody else, mwah. Dad of Premier, whoa. Daniel Ferrara, love you, man. Hopefully we'll get to Rhode Island. Dennis Timko, D.K. Loosh. Thank you, kids, for always being here. Eddie Heckman, what can I say? We'll try to get to Baltimore. J.R. Matz, we're going to try to get to see you as well. So we got a lot of things. Uh, Kenny Flamia, King Hap, we'll see you somewhere. Laura, we got to see you. You're the closest one. Malpal, Merrill, Mitchell, Robert C., Scotty Bansett, Stardog, Tommy Johnson, White Sock Al. Get in touch with me, Timothy, my hooker. All right, here's my, here's the phone number. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. 631, right? Uh, I got it. Uh, there you go. All right, give me a holler, everybody. We'll speak to you again tomorrow.